Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello, fellow listeners. It's Mary Stone speaking to you from the screen porch, and uh, the big meltdown is well underway, and I'm having some snow grief. (laughs) I know that probably seems odd to you, given the harsh winter many of us have had, but as you know, I'm a snow lover, and it's more than that, really, though. It's something about the change of seasons that gives me a longing for what has been. And maybe some flashbacks of things I had hoped to accomplish and didn't manage to do. So rather than feel badly about that, as I see the awakening of certain early signs of spring, I'm going to shift my thinking and think about the things that have been accomplished, as well as the new beginnings ahead of us. I'm going to, I have to admit, chase some snow. (laughs) We have some in the yard in the back and I've been taking a shush when I can, and I just may share that experience with you. Which brings me to the thought that when I was chatting with my college roommate, who's become a lifelong friend, I was doing just that. I was skiing the yard, and she was saying, wow, I just love the way it sounds. She lives in California, although she's downhill skied. She's never cross-country skied, as far as I know. And uh, she said something really nice to me. I want to share that with you. And that is that this podcast and the column is really about sharing mutual growth. And that was so nice of her. I hope you feel the same way. I'd love to hear from you. In fact, you can email me at askmarystone at gmail.com or message me through Garden Dilemma's Facebook page with any questions or ideas or feedback. That would be really delightful. But I do want to start this chat with a column titled March Folklore of Hope. Before I go on to that, the brook that I'm blessed to live on is racing with all the melting snow and uh, I'm hearing some birds chiming in and on the walk this morning with Jolie there were snowdrops peeking their little heads and that was really shocking to me given the fact that the snow literally just melted. (laughs) I mean literally just melted. So the ground is warming up. So again the column is titled March Folklore of Hope and it starts like this. Hello fellow readers. This morning Kurt recited the familiar folklore that March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. Then I reversed it as my mom always did in like a lamb, out like a lion. He had never heard it that way. I should mention that that was March 1st when Kurt came in with that comment. It was funny because it was really, really cold that day, March 1st, and it's warming up now. Upon researching, it seems, per history of the 19th century English proverb, the saying is not also said in reverse. Maybe it's an Emma Stone original. My dear old mom was fluent in idioms, though it seems logical the expression could be the opposite. Think back on how many snowy Easter's we've had after a mild March start. As I write, the world is in a fog due to the warming air above the blanket of snow, or, more positively, a mist is in the air. 
which brings another saying. So many mists in March, you see, so many frosts in May will be. Uh-oh! <laughs> the vernal equinox, or spring equinox, is always on or about March 20th in the northern hemisphere and September 22nd in the southern. This year, March 20th, is indeed the official start of spring. But as it goes, and I know this because I live with Mr. Doppler, <laughs> Mr. Kurt, who just loves weather, weather forecasters, however, consider March 1st the start of meteorological spring. Seasons vary in length from 89 to 93 days, making it challenging to compare data from year to year. Meteorologists divide the year into four equal seasons of three consecutive months. Nice and neat and tidy. But Mother Nature isn't always neat and tidy. Last March, you may recall, we had thunderstorms with heavy rains and hail. Thunderstorms in March occur when it's unusually warm and there's a large temperature difference between the ground and the sky, along with sufficient moisture. And indeed, last winter, by the way, it was crazy mild with very little snow. It was really sad for me and plenty of rain. When March blows its horn, your barn will be filled with hay and corn. <laughs> I'm not sure of the origin of that old-time farmer's saying, but it was one of Mom's faves, having grown up on a dairy farm. Then there's thunder in March betokens a fruitful year. Betokens means a sign or indication, but it's not a promise. The only sure thing about life and weather is that it's forever changing. We have no control over the cycles of life. It's hard to imagine it's come upon a year since the lockdown, since the pandemic took away so many lives and freedoms. Then there's the fear, warranted in many ways given the devastation of the inexplicable virus. Sadly, media and politicians did their share promoting fear to boost ratings and votes. Life isn't always neat and tidy. When you think about it, there's only fear and love. Other feelings are subsets of them. Worry, anger, anxiety, for example, stem from fear. In contrast, there's kindness and generosity based on love. So is hope. While the old sayings about weather are fun to consider, we have no control over nature. We can, however, control our ability to spread love, to grow feelings of hope. In like a lion, out like a lamb implies a balance in weather, a balance in life. After something bad comes something good. There is love opposing fear. There is hope in the promise of change and new beginnings. I pause in contemplation of that because the day that I wrote that, again it was March 1st and the mist in the air, we took a walk a long cobbled wood where there's this wonderful farm and I have a photograph of the misty March morning here in Blairstown, New Jersey and uh, I was contemplating this whole concept of fear versus love and I am going to focus on love. I'm going to focus on, instead of beating myself up for things I didn't accomplish, I'm going to focus on the things that I have and the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm sharing and I invite you to do the same. Be kind to yourself. It's all about love. Have you ever heard when the peepers are peeping, it's time to plant peas? 
or when dandelions bloom, it's a cue to dig in potatoes. It's called phenology. Observing animal migrations when certain insects, amphibians, and hibernating animals emerge. Or the first budding and blooming on different plants as a guide for planting or performing certain garden tasks. Yesterday, in fact, I was skiing the front yard there and I came across some emerging skunk cabbage, which is a fascinating plant. I wrote about that a while back. Maybe I'll share that column too. They say to plant tomatoes when native flowering dogwood, Cornus florida, is in bloom, or prune roses and spread corn gluten as a pre-emergent for weed prevention when the forsythia is blooming. You can start practicing phenology by keeping track of what's happening in your garden, taking note of weather patterns as well as observations of nature. There's actually phenology charts that are kind of like circular graft sort of things, something I hadn't thought about. Beyond phenology, there's also a nifty planting dates tool to help, published by the Old Farmer's Almanac, who touts a fairly reliable list. It's a chart, searchable by zip code, listing when to plant seeds and which seeds to start indoors or out. It's based on frost dates with a disclaimer that it varies by region. And that's where your phenology notes take hold from year to year. The list also has alternate dates called moon dates. Planting or gardening by moon's phases, also called lunar gardening or lunar planting, is a practice as old as agriculture. True, much is a legend, but there are scientific concepts to back it up. For instance, the tides are highest during the new and the full moon. Just as the moon pulls the waves in the ocean, it causes moisture to rise in our earth, which, of course, encourages growth. The Cliff Notes version of gardening by the moon is to plant vegetables that produce food above ground, as well as flowers, from when the moon is new until it becomes a full moon, called a waxing moon. It's best to plant root vegetables and flowering bulbs during the waning moon, the day after the full moon, until the new moon arrives again. Old-time farmers swear that this practice results in larger and tastier harvests, writes the Old Farmer's Almanac. Not only is lunar planting influenced by the phases of the moon, but the astrological signs of the zodiac also impact it. You can check out a previous column, by the way, titled Planting by the Moon on AskMaryStone.com, and it's kind of funny because it was written during Valentine's Day. So there you go. There was a zodiac component to it. <laughs> Hope that piqued your interest. No doubt, planting at the right time is as essential as water and nutrients. Perhaps the most precise determination of when to plant is soil temperature. While soil temperature maps are available, using a thermometer to test your soil is the most accurate. There's high-tech thermometers that provide digital readings that beep when ready, but an analog soil thermometer for less than 10 bucks is just as effective. They work much like the human ones, which would be the in-the-bottom variety, as mom, a registered nurse, always touted to be most accurate. Stick the soil thermometer probe into your soil about six inches for about a minute or until Mr. High-Tech beeps. You can even use an instant-read thermometer made for cooking, which is what I've used. <laughs> I don't use it for cooking, so hey, might as well use it for the garden. Be sure to check your soil temperature midday for at least three days. Average the readings by dividing the total by the number of days taken. 
Many seed packets and plant labels provide the optimum soil temperature for planting. Also, seed packs describe how to thin seeds once they sprout so that they're correctly spaced and when to harvest your bounty. But frost dates change from year to year, so taking the clues from nature makes sense. Mother Nature, after all, is the ultimate master gardener. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com so even though I'm having some snow grief, I am really excited about the new year of growth, and I hope you are too. And all this talk about how nature affects our gardens and our life reflects a quick read on a really funny column called Mississippi Grounding I wrote a while back, actually counting Mississippi Grounding. And it, <laughs> we had lost power, and there were linemen tending to our repairs, and uh, it was just after a huge thunderstorm and I go out there and my garden clogs and so forth and the New Jersey P&L operator said no taking a shower during thunderstorms which is precisely where I was when the storm clambered through and kicked out the power cable internet and telephone it came out of the blue I explained in my defense the kind operator said he always told his daughter if you count the time from lightning to thunder the number of Mississippis indicates the number of miles away the storm is Indeed, light travels faster than sound. It takes about five seconds for sound to go one mile, although humidity and temperature impacts travel time. The main thing to notice is if the number of Mississippis increases between lightning and thunder, the storm is moving away and it's safe to shower. Busted! The Mississippi counting technique is legendary, but such things always bring a chuckle. Why not hippopotamus or rhinoceros? They have about the same number of syllables. After all, still, the gentleman's southern drawl made the wisdom more fitting for Mississippi than hippopotamus. JCP&L worked quick to respond and labor for hours to rewire the lines ripped off the pole by a downed tree 40 feet from the front door. Of course, I got a laugh when the lineman used a garden rake to guide the new line in place. <laughs> that was a funny moment. That was a funny moment. How could I have missed this part? A bit of unrelated advice, as shared by Cheryl of Clinton, New Jersey, who gardens in her bare feet. It's called grounding, or earthing, and there's a hubbub of scientific research that touts the benefits. Bare feet directly on Mother Earth encourage electrons into the body, present in a practically limitless and continuously renewed supply on the Earth's surface. They say earthing generates a powerful and positive shift in the body's electrical state, and the electrodynamics of blood, which restores natural self-healing and self-regulating mechanisms. Phew, that's complicated. The bottom line, it feels good to walk shoeless, as evidenced by how great you feel after a day barefoot on the beach. I would suggest, however, not walking barefoot with a garden rake during a thunderstorm. Thanks, Mr. Mississippi. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com so I think I will take the mic out and see if I can ski a little bit with you so you can hear the shush. I sure have enjoyed this visit with you, and if you have as well, I hope you share it with your friends who you think may enjoy it. And if you could, subscribe and rate the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated so that more can join our community and share mutual growth. Ah, do you hear that? I'm giggling, though, because skiing with one pole doesn't work as well as with two. 
<laughs> oh, I just love the sound. Mashed potato snow. Thank you for joining me for my little jaunt for chasing the last of the snow as I whoosh by the future vegetable garden. It's a cusp of a new beginning, a new season of growth. Thanks so much. See you again. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.